Well, today I wanted to uh, do a very short, kind of just a two-part series, as I've been sharing about how I felt like things are kind of finally opening up again for the church and really feeling excited about that. I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about making the main thing the main thing. And when I mentioned the main thing being the main thing, he reminded me of this passage in uh, Matthew 28. Okay, so it's a very familiar passage to some. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came up. This is uh, him speaking to the disciples after he's resurrected from the dead. And he showed themselves to them and he's speaking to them on this mountain and saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, soon after this, Jesus is going to ascend back into heaven. This is kind of his departing instructions that he's going to leave his disciples. He's wanting them to make this their main focus. And when you see this main focus, the main focus is going out and making him known, making Jesus known, making Jesus known to people who really desperately need him, making him known because they know him. They know who he is. They know what he's like. They know the power that he uh, has brought and the life that he brings. And he wants them to share that and to disciple other people and to bring them into the fold. So when we look at this passage, this is what the Lord spoke to me about making the main thing the main thing. Now, it's exciting to get reengaged in church and to connect together and to do great things. But really, this is at the main heart of it. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to share, you might have heard this before, but I was asking the question, what is the one thing when you get to heaven that you can't, you, one thing that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven? What is the one thing that you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven? There's not many. There's not many things. We're going to be doing a lot of things in heaven that we do on earth. You know, we're going to be eating, we're going to be worshiping, we're going to be interacting with people, we're going to be loving God, we're going to be doing all of that. But what is the one thing that you can do on earth that you can't do on heaven? You know what that is? It's evangelism. It's evangelism. Once you get to heaven, that part is over. This is our only opportunity to do this. After we go and to see Jesus and after we go and to be with him, then there's no more opportunity for that. This is our only opportunity. We have eternity to spend with God. We have eternity to spend with each other. We have eternity to spend with those that are fellow believers. But this is the only time that we have to do this. Let me give you a little picture of what this looks like in John chapter 10. So John chapter 10, uh, again, this is Jesus speaking says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up by some other way, he is a thief or a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Okay, so when we look at this passage, this passage is talking about an, an imagery about sheep, about sheep and a shepherd. 
Okay, so if you look at what he's describing in verses uh, one through four, if you can picture a sheep pen, so there's a sheep pen where the sheep are there, they're kind of guarded and protected. So like the wolf doesn't come in, that the people don't come and steal people's sheep. Sheep is like their commodity, it's their money, right? It's their resources that they have, so they need to protect their money. It's just like you'd put your money like in a safety deposit box or a bank or a safe, like this is, that's this. This sheep pen is like they're safe, right? This is where they keep all of their resources safe from other people that are trying to come and to, that might harm them or steal them or take them away, steal your money. Okay, so he's saying we're all sheep inside of this pen. Now, there's other people that want to get inside this pen. Okay, but what he says is if you don't come by the door, through the door, through the legal entryway, then that person is a thief or a robber. You need to be careful of that person who doesn't come in by the door, by for the rightful place. But if the person comes on the rightful place, they come through the gate and the door, the keeper of the door lets them in, which I believe is God. God is the keeper of the door. If he lets them in, then you know that person's safe. And he refers to himself. We're going to see another passage later in here where Jesus says, that's me. I'm the one that comes through the door. And the one that comes through the door is the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? When we look at this in verses 3 and 4, what does he do once he gets there? It's very interesting. When he gets inside of the pen with all of his sheep, what does he do? Well, we look at verses 3 and 4. He calls them by name, okay, which is really great that he knows us by name. But what is he calling us to do? He's calling us out of the pen. You notice that? You notice that the sheep know him, the sheep understand, they can hear his voice, which is encouraging for us as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We can hear God's voice, right? And this is one of the passages that we refer to, that the sheep know his voice. We can hear him. We can hear him. And what is he saying to us in this passage? You need to come out. You need to come out of the pen. Now, I think this is a important for us to be able to hear because it's very comfortable in the pen with everybody else that thinks like you, that has the same values as you, that you walk together, you worship together with. And it's very easy to have our holy huddles, right? Where we're all safe together, where we're all hang out together. We don't have any conflict. Well, there could be conflict, but we don't have any people that are opposing us and persecuting us in this place that this is a safe place. And that's good. It's good to spend time in the pen. It's not saying that you don't be, you don't, you're not in the pen. In fact, that story starts with us in the pen, right? Jesus comes in through the door and his sheep are where? They're in the pen. They're all gathered together, safety in numbers. They're all connected together and they have fellowship with one another. But there does come a point where they don't stay there. And Jesus calls them out. Jesus calls them out. Let's go down to verse 14 through 16. He says, like I mentioned, he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock and one shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd. You're safe with me. I 
will guard you to the point where I'm going to lay down my life and willing to die for you. And he does. He does die for his sheep, right? It's not just lip service that he's saying this. He's saying, I literally will do this. You are safe with me. I'll lay my life down for you. I'm going to protect you, right? And we need to have this sense of the shepherd's protection. We need to have the sense that the Lord is with us at all times. We need to know when the wolf or the robber comes that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be fearful when there's negative circumstances coming in our life. We don't need to be fearful when we have storms that are arising in our life, when we have health issues or financial problems or other things that are going on, where the enemy wants to come in to steal, kill, and destroy. When the enemy wants to come in to attack his sheep, We don't need to be fearful. And why do we not need to be fearful? Because we have a good shepherd who will lay his life down for his sheep. He loves us that much. He'll protect us that much. He values us that much. He's willing to lay down his life for us. We have a good shepherd. And when we're with him, it's safe. But guess what? In this picture, where's the good shepherd? The good shepherd is not in the pen. The good shepherd is outside of the pen, and he's calling them out. Come out now. How many know that if the good shepherd is in the pen, that's a safe place, but if the shepherd has left the pen, it's not safe to be in there? How many know when the shepherd is inside the pen, that that's a safe place? But when the shepherd leaves the pen and you stay in there, how many know that's no longer a safe place? When the shepherd is calling us out, we need to come out of the pen. We need to come out of the pen. There's time for us to be in the pen, like I said. There's time for us to be strengthened with one another. As iron sharpens iron, we strengthen each other. We're encouraged with each other. We love each other. We be united together. We love do all of those things that we can do together in the pen. But there does come a time when Jesus is saying, you need to come out of the pen. You need to come out. And when the shepherd comes and he calls you and you know his voice, you need to come out. Because verse 16 says, I have other sheep. I have other sheep which are not currently a part of this fold. I must bring them also that they may hear my voice and they will become one flock with us with one shepherd. You know, when we talk about the church, we talk about it being a family. And I like that kind of illustration when we talk about the church. And I do feel like the church is like my family. And a lot of you are literally family. And a lot of you feel like being part of the church family. And I like that imagery, right? But when we look at this passage, what is Jesus saying? You have other brothers and sisters that you don't even know about yet. I remember hearing this, uh, this story about this uh, South Korean family where they got separated during the war. And uh, some of them got to escape North Korea and went to the South. But there was a couple of them that couldn't, that couldn't cross the line. They weren't able to, to make it. And the story is, is kind of amazing because through a whole series of different events, they get reunited together. 
And then somehow those from the north finally come to the south. Now, this had been a span of about 25 years. And some of the, some of the siblings had actually have never met them before. They had never met their older siblings before. They don't even know what they look like. They don't know anything about them. They've never seen them. They've never talked to them ever. But yet, when uh, they, I saw like a video of this, and when they were showing a video of them getting reunited, that they're weeping and hugging each other. These people that they've never seen in their whole entire lives, but yet they know, this is my brother. This is my sister. I've never seen them before. I've never had any contact. I've never been able to even say one word to them. But I know. This is my brother. This is my sister. And they're just overwhelmed with just gratitude for being reunited and being connected together. That's the picture here in John chapter 10. When Jesus says, I have other sheep. They're not currently a part of this fold. We have other family, other brothers and sisters who are not currently here with us yet. We need to leave the pen. We need to go and to share. We need to use every opportunity because this is the only opportunity we have. Our days here on the earth is it. After that, we have no more opportunity to share. We have no, no more opportunity to connect with people that belong to this pen, to belong to God's family, to belong to us, that really are, should be our brothers and sisters, literally part of our family. This is our only opportunity to do that. We need to make the most of that. And I think that one of the things that has happened, you know, during this crazy pandemic time for the past couple of years really has brought to light is just kind of a resetting of priorities and a resetting of things like what's really important. You know, a lot of people are kind of questioning that. And a lot of people are questioning that with their careers and their relationships and asking, what's really important? You know, I've seen stories of like people, they're just not going back to work. You know, they have that kind of issue right now where they can't hire anybody, right? No one's going back to work because people are like in this place of like questioning what's really important. Is it really, is this job really that important to me? And then I just see other people like leaving their jobs and making all of these life changes and different decisions. Why are they doing all that? Because through this time, God has given us an opportunity to really wake up and to ask the question, what is really important? What am I doing with my life? What's important for me? How do I use my days? How do I use every day that the Lord gives me until I have no more. And that's why I titled this, Make the Main Thing the Main Thing, because this is the main thing. This is the most important thing that you can do with your life. If you could share your faith and someone could cross over from death to life, there's no better thing you could ever possibly do in this life. There's no amount of money you can earn. There's no amount of things that you can do. There's no amount of things that you can accomplish that could ever measure up to this. If you can help be a part of someone ushering in them from eternal death to eternal life, for them coming into God's family, there's nothing more worthwhile. There's nothing better that we can do. There's nothing more purposeful we can do with our life than this.
And as they say in the book of Esther, I think we are here for such a time as this. Because of the season that we're going through, because this is unprecedented, what we've experienced in all of history. No time in our history have we ever had some kind of event that's happened to the whole entire world where no one is exempt. Never. We've never had anything like this in all of history, where everybody, single person, there's no one exempt in every country, in every people group, in every place, all over the whole entire world, are all experiencing the same thing, all going through the same thing, no matter where it is. It's in the United States, in Uganda, in Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia, everywhere, Australia, everywhere, all in the entire world. This is unprecedented time. We have to see what's happening here. And we have to recognize and ask the question, Lord, what are you doing? And how can I be a part of that? What are you doing? What's your purpose here? This wasn't for nothing. You know, this is just not for us to wait until it's over so we can get back to our normal life. This was for a purpose. And I kind of feel like things are extending because we're not getting the message. You know, I don't know how many times I felt like, oh, okay, it's, it's finally going to be over. You know, I said that ever since, you know, March 20, when it started here in the United States, I felt like, you know, we had a trip planning in June in Korea. Oh, oh, it'll be done by then. It'll be done by then. Right? And then when that passed, we, tra we transferred all of the things to December. Oh, for sure. It'll be done by December. You know, and then 2021 came, and then the Delta variant came, and all these other things came, and you're wondering, like, why is it not ending? And I don't know, I don't have the answer to why it's not ending, but I really feel like one of the reasons why is because this church hasn't heard the message. He hasn't heard the message. He's calling us out of the pen. He wants us to reach out. He wants us, and not in a strange way, and I've heard a lot about evangelism in like strange, weird ways and really forced ways and really awkward ways. It's like, this is just natural. This is part of who we are as a believer is to just share about God, right? And it could be just as simple as like, hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to church. That's not weird. You know, just share with them. And it's sad because probably a lot of us, they haven't shared that. And so they're like, oh, I didn't know you went to church, right? So just to get the ball started is to just be able to share about you. Share about your life. Share about what God did. Share about this outreach that we're going to have. Share about this Thanksgiving service. Share about Christmas. Share about whatever. Share about what things that you're involved with. Don't be hidden and don't be afraid. Because Jesus is the one calling us out. He's the one to do it, not you. And I feel like the biggest detriment for us when we think about evangelism and outreach and coming out of the pen is we have fear because we think it's about us. It has nothing to do with what we're going to do. We don't really do anything. We just share about ourselves, share about what God's done in our life, or share or make an invitation or to do whatever the Lord leads you to do. But God does it all. He does it all. Look at what the passage says. He says, I will bring them also. It doesn't say you will bring them, but he's still calling us out to go with him when he does it. It says, I will bring them also, and they will hear whose voice? Your voice? They will hear my voice, and then they will become one flock with one shepherd. 
but he wants us to come alongside with him. He wants us to participate with what he's doing. He's doing all the lifting. He's doing all the heavy work. He's doing all the transformation. He's doing the changing of hearts. He's doing the convincing. He's doing all of those things. We just need to come along. He's calling us out to come with him. It's an invitation to be with him. And when we look at the Matthew 28, isn't that what it says? It says, go into all the world because I will go with you. He's not sending you out by yourself. He's not sending you out for you to do it on your own. He's going to do it. He just wants us to be a part of it. Let's pray. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, first release us if we have any sense of kind of guilt, you know, that we carry. It's easy for the enemy to kind of bring some condemnation because I haven't been reaching out. I haven't been sharing my faith. I haven't been doing any of those things. And so first, I pray that you would remove that. That's not from you. The Bible is very clear. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you're hearing or experiencing condemnation, that's not from the Lord. The Lord wants to bring encouragement and courage. And so I pray that we could receive that this morning. The kind of courage that knows, that has the courage because you're there. And that you're with us. And that you do it. And that you'll hear your voice and not our voice. And so I pray that you give us courage, but also give us your heart too. Give us your heart for your people. Give us your heart for our fellow brothers and sisters that actually are supposed to be part of our family, but they currently are not. And so I pray that you'd speak to us. Speak to those people right now. Bring those people to mind. Bring their faces to mind, whether it's people at work or in our own families, our friends. I pray that you would speak it and help us to know we don't have to do anything but what you speak and how you're leading and how you're guiding. We don't have to do it on our own. We have to do what you're doing and to partner together with that. So thanks for taking the lead and thanks for inviting us to be a part of this, to be a part of something that's so meaningful that can change someone's eternity forever. Thank you that you invite us to be a part of that and to have or spend our life at be with something so meaningful and so purposeful in our life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.